It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube.com, Slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can see the game balls and helmets or whatever behind me, or you can just Google it. It's true. I'm not a liar. If I was a liar, I would say I was like a much better player, Pro Bowls. I don't know, made a lot more money, but didn't happen. But I'm thankful for what did happen. Thankful that I've got a nice social media platform at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We as a show, all of the shows, Ross Tucker Podcast, even Money, College Draft. Andrew Brand's Business of Sports, all available at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter, which is cool. I like fantasy football. I love betting. I like fantasy football. I love Joe Dolan. Joe Dolan, for my money, is the best analyst out there because of the combination of awesome energy and personality plus analysis and information. Joe didn't ask me to say this. I just say it. This is just my opinion. I know all of them, by the way. I talk to all of them. I go on their shows. For me, it's the Fantasy Gangster at FG underscore Dolan. Joe Dolan, he's literally number one ranked, and his personality is amazing, and we love him. Fantasypoints.com is where you can find him. Just use the code 21FEAST so they know I sent you. We still have one Madden to give away but you have to get a story for a loved one at myfrontpagestory.com. And have to is the bad word. You should want to. You get to is how we should describe it. Joe, what are we doing Wednesday at 11 a.m. with the Cowboys and Saints? We still don't know about Amari Cooper as he's having symptoms and might miss a third game with COVID (sighs) concerns. And it looks like the Saints are going to start – your guy, Taysom Hill. At <laughs> yeah, Taysom at quarterback. Yeah, um, Amari Cooper. You know, they like they say it's a personal decision, Ross. And I think I think we can, in a way, agree with that. But now you're looking at a personal decision that has cost Amari Cooper two games, and perhaps coincidentally, maybe not. So the Cowboys are zero two in those games, um, and they have a they have a challenge here against the Saints right now. Um, and it, it's a challenge that, you know, the Saints are reeling. They're going to bench Trevor Simeon to go to, to Taysom Hill. And it, I think there's just all kinds of, uh, of analysis that's, that we've got to do based on a really um, a limited sample size here. And, and I think Dallas is going to have to come out, and I think Dallas is going to uh, hopefully get CeeDee Lamb back, which is going to help Dak Prescott. So – Let's look at Dallas's offense right now. Um, Dallas is going to have, I think, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz as their top receivers in this game. Uh, Noah uh, Cedric Wilson's hurt, so I think Noah Brown will be the third if you're really desperate. Jerry Jones is on the radio this week, and he says, <laughs> he says Zeke Elliott is going to have a huge load this week, Ross. <laughs> he says he's going to have a huge load. Um, I don't believe that at all. Uh, first and foremost... No, it's fun. It, it sounds funny, but no, I don't believe it. So catch this stat. Ezekiel Elliott counting playoffs has played in 85 games in his NFL career. 
In the first 83 games, he had one game below 10 carries. In the last two games, he has two games below 10 carries. That tells you all you need to know. He's not healthy. They trust Tony Pollard more. I am downgrading Ezekiel Elliott on my depth chart. Now, flipping on over to Taysom Hill and the uh, and the Saints. Now, I'm excited about Taysom Hill from a fantasy perspective. In his, uh, in his four starts last year, he finished no lower than quarterback 12 on the week. He finished as high as quarterback three. He averaged 9.8 carries in those games, 52.3 rushing yards per game. He averaged 11.2 fantasy points per game as a runner in his four starts. For reference, Jalen Hurts is at 9.8 this year. Lamar Jackson's at 8.3. So in his four starts last year, Taysom Hill produced more as a runner than Jalen Hurts has done this year. So it just goes to show you what kind of upside he has. On the downside, Alvin Kamara looks like he's going to be back, but you know there's a potential split there with uh, Mark Ingram. And we know that in Taysom Hill's four starts last year, Alvin Kamara was not at all productive as a receiver. He had 16 targets and 10 receptions in Taysom Hill's four starts last year. Ten of those targets and seven of those receptions came in one game. Now, I think Dallas is going to be favored in this game. I think Dallas might be playing from ahead. That probably helps Kamara in the receiving game. Just keep an eye on the fact that Taysom Hill might limit Alvin Kamara's opportunities as a receiver. Interesting. All right, what about the Giants at the Dolphins? More to discuss. It looks like Daniel Jones, who played the whole game against the Eagles, is out, Joe. Yeah, and I mean, look, it wasn't like the Giants were an offensive juggernaut in that game by any stretch of the imagination. They won the turnover battle 4 to nothing, and still should have lost the game. Um, but Mike Lennon's going to come in, and Ross, well, number one, we don't know if Canarius, Tony, and Sterling Shepard are going to be available. I think I saw some optimism that Shepard would be available for uh, the Giants. The problem here is I think the Dolphins are going to blitz the ever-loving hell out of Mike Lennon. And, you know, say what you want about Daniel Jones – but, I mean, his mobility was basically the only thing that was working for the offense against the Eagles last week. And um, Mike Lennon is not mobile. So I think Mike Lennon is going to be a sitting giraffe in that pocket. Uh, I, I mean, it is going to be brutal for him. Uh, um, I don't think it's going to look pretty at all for Mike Lennon. Um, I'm downgrading the entire giant offense as, as, uh, as a result. You know, Saquon Barkley... Uh, he had one run against the Eagles, and now he's got another tough matchup against the Dolphins. Per pro football, uh, per excuse me, uh, football outsiders, um, the Giants have the third worst run blocking line in the NFL. They're not much better against the pass. I, I mean, this is this is a really really rough um, uh, uh, offense to watch right now. If you're looking for positives. Saquon Barkley did play on 87% of the snaps against the Eagles, but I'm downgrading the entire giant offense against this defense with Mike Lennon at quarterback. Yeah, I think you have to. Um, what about for the Dolphins? Don't look now, Joe, but Tua is solid. Yeah, he's looking pretty good, and I think this is a solid matchup. You know, last week, Jalen Hurts couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, um, and, and, and I don't think – you know, you could give the Giants credit. I mean, look, they they won the turnover battle for nothing. You can't do that if you don't play well defensively. But I think Tua's been playing much better. Um, I think this is a solid matchup for Tua. Um, Jalen Waddell has seen eight or more targets in six of his last seven games, and he's the wide receiver seven over that span. So Jalen Waddell's in your lineup. 
One thing that you need to watch right now is Miles Gaskins getting carries, but man, he's not going anywhere. He over his last 105 carries, that's since week six, he's averaging exactly three yards a carry. I mean, but he's falling headfirst into the end zone, which might help for fantasy. Philip Lindsay did get 12 carries in his Dolphins debut last week. Ten of them came, I think, in the fourth quarter. So just keep an eye on that. But two was two was in the streaming conversation. Mike Kosicki is super frustrating right now. Um, he got out-targeted by Durham Smythe. Yeah, what is going on there? I don't know, man. I like He used to be Tua's guy. Durham Smythe, the butler, is out-targeting out, uh, him. Um, I still think Kosicki's probably a tight end one. I've mentioned that multiple times on the show, where you've just got a guy, uh, you know, you just can't afford to bench at the tight end position because he's got a higher ceiling. And we're going to talk about a few of those guys on this podcast who really did not have a good go of it last week. But certainly uh, Mike Kosicki um, uh, is somebody you probably still have to start. But Jalen Waddell right now is putting up massive numbers. Speaking of massive it is a massive pain in the you-know-what when there's any issues with your car driving at night, especially bad weather. I don't know if this means I'm old, Joe, but I don't like driving at night as much, and I really don't like driving at night when there's weather. I have to make sure my windshields are good to go, my lights are good to go. AutoZone is the place to do that. You can't do anything about getting older. But you can make sure your car is ready to go. If you've got dull headlights, AutoZone's got the replacement lights. If you've got squeaking or streaking, we're going streaking. Wipers, AutoZone has replacement wipers. It's always a good time to upgrade anything visibility related. But now is maybe the best time with rougher winter weather and longer nights ahead. Ready to see more and drive safer? Visit your nearest AutoZone or head to AutoZone.com to start your job today. Get in the zone, AutoZone. By the way, I don't have to do it that way. They don't, they don't, I just, they don't make me. I just do that because that's how much I love the jingle. That's how much of a team player I am. All right, Joe, Colts at the Texans. Colts actually, Wentz did a lot of good things, but Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Got stymied a little bit. Yeah, and I think that was to be expected. You know, Frank Wright came out, and oh my lord, were the were the um, uh, <laughs> were the analytics bros uh, getting their rocks off over Frank T- uh, Wright coming out and saying I would have thrown it earlier. And and look, you know, Jonathan Taylor is uh, uh, in in uh, in the contention for offensive player of the year. Oh, love of God, don't tell me, don't let me, don't let anybody hear that I say he might be in contention for MVP. I'll be, I'll get canceled from football Twitter, but um, uh, he's I mean he's obviously their most important player. You know Frank Reich said, look, Wentz came out and he did some good things, but he also turned the ball over three times. And now you know you're looking at uh, Wentz. Uh, okay, so here's here's the deal with Wentz. In the last five games, the Colts are three and two. In the Colts' two losses over that span, Wentz has 95 pass attempts in those two games. And he has turned the ball over five times. In their three wins over that span, he has 84 pass attempts and no turnovers. So, I mean, look, yeah, you throw more passes, you've got more opportunities uh, to turn the ball over. That's just simple math. But he's been turning the ball over when the Colts have been in a a position where they have to keep up with their opponent or um, have to score in order to stay in the game. This is not one of those games. Now, they blew out the Texans last time. 
Um, Jonathan Taylor went ham in that game. He went for uh, basically 143 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Wentz threw just 20 passes, but he threw for over 200 yards. He averaged uh, he averaged over 11 yards per pass attempt in that game. Now, Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback for Houston, which is better than what they had last time when they had Davis Mills in there at quarterback. But, I mean, it, this is going to be a Jonathan Taylor game. I, I don't think I'm breaking any news to anybody. It's a Jonathan Taylor game. If you stream Wentz, which is viable, he still threw two touchdowns against the Texans. Just understand that in an ideal world, that the the Colts are going to drop him back fewer than 30 times in this game. And of all the good things Wentz did last week against the Buccaneers, he didn't get on the same page as Michael Pittman, which was a little frustrating. He had him open a couple of times and missed him. So um, I don't know if Pittman, you know, he's not going to have a lot of volume here. And then I, I would be remiss not to mention the fact that T.Y. Hilton, kills the Texans. I know he's not somebody who's been exactly fantasy relevant this year, but he has, he did score against the Texans his last time out. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say, Joe is Wentz threw a 50, 50 ball to Pittman and Pittman let Antoine Winfield jr. Go up and get it over him, which never should happen for an interception. I thought that was bad for the Texans. I'm assuming nobody really in a season long unless you have to play Brandon Cooks. Is there anybody that's like a contrarian DFS play? Maybe Tyrod yeah, runs Tyrod, a little bit? Because this team lost by four touchdowns last time out. Tyrod, for sure. Um, this is a comment that David Culley made, the head coach. Somebody asked him, they just picked up Royce Freeman. You know, they let, they let Philip Lindsay go and he picked up Royce Freeman. They asked David Culley, hey, you know, why didn't Royce Freeman get work? And he's like, well, we really liked what uh, – what, uh, Rex Burkhead and uh, David Johnson were doing, and they had 66 rushing yards on 22 attempts. That's from Aaron Rees, who covers the Texans. Uh, <laughs> I mean, those are the guys getting the carries. Nico Collins, um, the rookie wide receiver, is somebody who's been making a play here and there. And uh, for deep dynasty formats, Brevin Jordan, the rookie tight end, scored a touchdown. But again, I mean, you're in week 13, Ross, um, from a season-long perspective, a season-long perspective. Not many of these Texans are helping you get into your playoffs. Yeah, I think that's correct. The Vikings are at the Lions. We've got Dalvin Cook injury information. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's got a shoulder injury that's going to keep him out for at least two weeks, maybe three. It's potential he could go on IR. Um, and and Russ, the it, it's simple. Alexander Madison averages basically over 20 fantasy points per game when Dalvin Cook doesn't play. I, like, there you go. This is a great matchup against the Lions. Plug in Alexander Madison. He's going to be extremely popular for DFS. He's an RB1 for fantasy this week. Just plug him in, plug it, and go. Um, uh, obviously, all Adam Thielen does is score touchdowns. Justin Jefferson's a stud. Kirk Cousins is playing good football overall. But this just goes to show you, I don't. This this stat's amazing, but knowing the Vikings, Ross, I don't think it's going to surprise you. The Minnesota Vikings are five and six this year. They are the only team in the NFL who has led by at least seven points in every single game. You know why I'm smiling? Why is that? Steve Fezzik said that stat on yesterday's are you serious? podcast. And he loved it. He loved it. Everybody yeah. loves that stat. I did not, I did not hear Steve, but like um I actually the only reason I know that is because I actually saw it flashed on the broadcast when I was watching that game this weekend. And I and I and I said it to my co-host Paul Kelly on SiriusXM, and Paul's like, "A number one, that's amazing. Number two, that makes perfect sense. Like when you know the Vikings, just like 
They can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. Hell, they might, they should have lost to the Lions last time out. I mean, it, it's just an amazing uh, kind of thing with, with the Vikings. But uh, you know what to do with the Vikings. It's just that Alexander Madison obviously is going to be um, a huge fantasy option. And, and, and frankly, a potential league winner. We're sitting here in week 13. Dalvin Cook has recurrent shoulder issues. There's no guarantee Dalvin Cook's back this season. Alexander Madison is a potential league winner based on the way we know the Vikings use him when Dalvin Cook doesn't play. All right, so what's the deal, Joe, with the Lions? doesn't look like DeAndre Swift's going to play. Yeah, so DeAndre Swift uh, probably isn't going to play. And you, the way the way you look into that is you listen to what Dan Campbell said. And normally coaches, like, if a guy's questionable, they're going to be like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. He's feeling pretty good. And Dan Campbell early this week was like, yeah, he's in, he's in some pain, man. Um, it really doesn't look like DeAndre Swift's going to go. Here was the snap counts after DeAndre Swift went down on Thanksgiving. Jamal Williams, 23. Jamar Jefferson, 5. Godwin, Ikwe, Bike, 4. Um, Jamal Williams was the bell cow. Um, Jamal Williams is going to be an RB2 this week. The only thing that you um, worry about is the fact that this offense just might complete absolutely suck um and it probably will um but jamal williams should get enough work to pay off as an rb2 this week um uh, jared goff has found a new receiver he likes they picked josh reynolds up off the waiver wire from tennessee and he's essentially become their number one if you are dying for a wide receiver josh reynolds might be somebody you can plug in and tj hawkinson it's been a disappointment just like um a lot of those early to mid-round tight ends like waller um and and Kyle Pitts who we'll get to on on uh, this podcast uh but I, I mean he's just probably somebody if you don't have a better option you got to play at this point the Eagles are at the Jets I guess there's some uncertainty about Jalen Hurts there situation is. but I did see him make like a charity appearance at a high school Newman Goretti who by the way plays my high school while missing Friday night in the state semifinals I don't know why Jalen Hurts is picking the wrong team or helping <laughs> them out. But at any rate, that leads me to believe that he's going to play. I wouldn't think he'd be doing that if he wasn't going to play. Yeah, I, um, I, I think uh, Jalen Hurts uh, – let's work under the assumption Jalen Hurts does play. Look, I mean, he just played a bad game. I mean, it was an awful game. He couldn't hit a broadside of a barn. But, Ross, I mean, a broadside of a barn – is is uh, a lot harder to hit, uh, or uh, excuse me, Jalen Rager is apparently a lot harder to hit than a broadside of a barn. I mean, Ross, how do the Eagles go from a wide receiver who is so notorious for dropping passes in Nelson Aguilar that a man becomes a meme about it to somebody who's worse at it? I mean, for the love of God! I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know that. I don't know that Jalen Rager. People thought he had drop issues. I don't know. I just there were uh, other I, issues about route running and stuff. Well, at any rate, he's not in your lineup. No, I mean, he shouldn't be in the Eagles lineup right now. I mean, say what you want about Jalen Hurts, and he was awful in that game. Ross, he put those two balls where they needed to go. I mean, yep. <laughs> like, I, like, and then you're talking. All right, well, it was a crappy game, but he he he, he pulled out the win. No, I mean. It's awful. Like, I think the squeaky wheel narrative has treated us well on the Fantasy Feast podcast this year. Uh, we saw earlier in the year with Robert Woods. We saw earlier in the year with Justin Jefferson. They come out and say, we need to get him more targets. I just kind of have a weird feeling that this is going to be a Devontae Smith squeaky wheel game. 
Like Jalen Rager, every time you're looking up at the live stat tracker on NFL.com, pass incomplete deep right to Jay Rager, pass incomplete short middle to Jay Rager, pass. And you're it's just like, are, are they copy? Are, is, is this glitching? It was an unbelievably awful performance by Rager. And I just feel like personally, Devontae Smith had a little bit, I don't want to call it a tantrum, but he was very clearly frustrated at the end of that game. I feel like this is, I feel like they're going to try to get Devontae Smith the ball early and often in this game. But let's not color what the Eagles do uh, any differently. They still ran for over 200 yards against the Giants in that game. Their ground game is dominant, and they did it with Miles Sanders getting dinged up. Boston Scott comes in, and of course he loses a bad fumble, but he puts up numbers. Kenny Gainwell's out there putting up numbers. Uh, I don't know if Jordan Howard's going to play this week. So you have to keep an eye on the status of this backfield. But very clearly, Ross, they're going to run the football against the New York Jets. It's a bad run defense. Um, barring they don't lose the turnover battle for nothing again, the Eagles, I think, are going to romp in this game. Um, it was just an awful, awful game from all angles uh, against the Giants. What about the Jets? Is there anybody, uh, Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore still led them in targets and receptions. But here is the problem. In the all the games that uh, Zach Wilson has played this year, the Jets are averaging roughly 32 pass attempts per game. In the game Zach Wilson has not played this year, or, or excuse me, that's in Zach Wilson's full games. In the game Zach Wilson has not played this year, they're averaging 46 pass attempts. That is a massive, massive drop-off in volume, which is going to affect the fantasy production for a bad football team. So Zach Wilson's throwing the ball um, much fewer times than Joe Flacco and Josh Johnson and Mike White and Ken O'Brien and Joe Namath and all the other quarterbacks that they've used this year did. So um, that's going to affect their offense from a volume standpoint. The only guy I think you can consider here in the receiving core is indeed Elijah Moore. I just am not overly enthused about it against this Eagle defense, which, I mean, they lost last week, but they gave up 13 points. It was a defense that played well. Fair enough. Let's get to the Cardinals at the Bears. But before we do, how about a little salute to those that overcome the odds, rewrite the playbook, deliver under pressure, the MVPs of small business, lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. Joe, who is working for us for the Cardinals against the Bears? Yeah, so um, I think James Connors in your lineup, obviously. But the bearing the lead there, um, it looks like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are going to be back this week. And, and I think Cliff Kingsbury and his staff did an outstanding job. Um, and, and by the way, Cliff Kingsbury knows he did an outstanding job because his agent's out there <laughs> floating. Hey, Oklahoma, man. <laughs> what? Hey, well, you know, the job's open. You only have, I only have one year left on my deal. So, uh, Cliff's agent's out there, uh, doing the Lord's work. Um, he, they know he's done a good job. They go two and one with Colt McCoy, but it looks like Murray and Hopkins are going to play. And you got to be honest now those guys have had four weeks off. Um, it's probably pretty good for them. Like they're probably feeling pretty good at this point. You're putting both of those guys in your lineup. Zach Ertz is a tight end one right now. I don't know, given the state of the position, how you could pop possibly um, 
how you could possibly uh, sit Zach Ertz right now. Um, overall, the Cardinals are pretty easy for me. I want to see what this passing game looks like with Murray, with Hopkins, with Ertz in it before I before I take a shot uh, again on like a Christian Kirk. Maybe you know Rondale Moore might be somebody you're interested in. He caught 11 passes his last time out. Of course, he caught 11 passes for just 50 uh, 51 yards against the Seahawks. So maybe you're interested in him, but um, I, I really would rather see what this passing game looks like before I trust any of these other secondary receivers. But certainly the return of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins is music to the ears of Cardinal fans. What about Joe on the other side with the Bears? Yeah, so, I mean, you say this and people want to jump down your throat, but the fact of the matter is and you blame whoever you want for this, please. But the fact of the matter is the Bears offense is better with Andy Dalton right now. And you can blame Matt Nagy for that. You can blame Ryan Pace for that. You can blame the Hallis family. For, I don't care who you blame. It is. And if I'm playing fantasy, if I have Darnell Mooney in my lineup, if I have Cole Komet in my lineup, if I have David Montgomery in my lineup, I would rather Andy Dalton be the quarterback. Because I just feel like this offense moves better with Andy Dalton in there. And I don't know what's going to happen if Justin Fields is 100%. I'm not 100%. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in any way sure about that. God knows what the heck Matt Nagy's going to do. But I just feel like this offense moves better with Andy Dalton. I'm not telling you Andy Dalton's great. Look, they, they could have lost to the Lions, okay? They scored 16 points. But he moved the offense. He threw for 317. He completed 24 passes. Mooney had a nice game. Komet had a nice game. I'm just saying, I think the offense moves better with Dalton, and I'm more willing to play my Bears if Andy Dalton's in there at quarterback. Got it. Um, let's move on. Now, this is interesting. It's the Chargers at the Bengals. And I know on the Even Money podcast, Steve Fezzik likes the over. He likes a lot of points in this one. Yeah, so um, and let's start with the new Derrick Henry, who's Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon has been the and the straw that stirs the drink for um, for the Bengals. Uh, he had that ankle injury in Week Five, but he's averaged basically 25 fantasy points per game over his last six games. So since Week Six, since he got over that ankle injury, he's behind only Jonathan Taylor in fantasy points per game. Um, so Joe Mixon's uh, schedule, by the way, um, it, it, we know the Chargers' run defense has been problematic. This is a Joe Mixon game. Expect him to be very highly rostered in DFS contests this week, and for good reason. The guy's getting 30 carries a game, and he's p producing. So Joe Mixon, very highly contest, uh, uh, very highly uh, owned in those DFS contests. Um, but that's also come with a little bit of a downside from the Bengals' angle because Jamar Chase has really kind of cooled off. Um, he had the 200-yard game against the Ravens in Week 7. He has 31 targets over the last four weeks but it's still a 24% target share. Um, and that's the interesting thing. As my guy Graham Barfield pointed out this week, Jamar Chase's 24% target share over his last four games is the same exact percentage over his weeks one through seven. The production just isn't there. He's going to hmm. be fine. Jamar Chase is going to be fine. Um, and the, the look, look what's happened. Joe Mixon's been dominant on the ground. 
Joe Burrow's thrown the ball 53 times over the past two games. That's all. That's why Jamar Chase isn't producing. Uh, so I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to lean on Joe Mixon in this game, though, and I wouldn't worry about uh, Jamar Chase, especially if Fezzik likes the over in this game. Um, I, I, I'd be inclined to start my Bengals for sure. What about for the Chargers? Um, kind of like a, a very simple fantasy team here with the one exception of Man, I want to match up this past week because Jared Cook scored a touchdown and it was the luckiest damn thing of all time. I mean, they targeted four tight ends in that game. Cook, Steven Anderson, Trey McKitty, and Donald Parham. I mean, I, I cannot in good faith recommend a tight end from a team that targets four different ones. I can't do it. I just had to start Jared Cook in desperation and I lucked out with a touchdown. That's all you got to do if you start Jared Cook. Um, I know he's not really on the injury report, but since Mike Williams landed on that injury report with the knee injury, he's really slowed down in his first five games of the season. Williams had 16 targets of 15 or more air yards, which we would consider a deep ball. Yeah. That's over the first five games of the season over his last six games. He has just eight such targets. So he's working in the much shorter area. Um, it's very clear to me that Mike Williams is affected by this injury. He's more of a wide receiver three to me at this point. Um, but you know, Fezzik likes the over. I think this is a highly competitive game. I think that speaks to the fact that Justin Herbert is going to have to throw the ball. And you know, when he throws it, it's going to go to Allen. It's going to go to Williams and it's going to go to Austin Eckler, who might be, I mean, outside of Jonathan Taylor and maybe Joe Mixon might be the best running back in fantasy right now, given all the injuries that we have otherwise. Wow. Um, all right, let's get to the Bucks and the Falcons. And the Bucks are interesting, obviously, because where did Leonard Fournette's Bacardi Spiced Rum performance of the week come from last week against the Coles? They needed all of it, Joe. With 17 carries, 100 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, seven receptions on eight targets, 31 yards, another touchdown. He was $6,800 on DraftKings. He gave you 47.1 total fantasy points. Putting together the DraftKings performance of the week presented by Bacardi Spiced Rum. And it was really, Joe, he and Gronk. It wasn't the receivers. Yeah, so uh, Tom Brady has been gravitating towards Gronk. How about this stat, by the way, on Rob Gronkowski? I think everybody who listens to this pod and follows fantasy football knows that Leonard Fournette is a bell cow right now, like a like a, a hardcore bell cow. Like, he, he's the passing down back. He's the early down back. It's basically only when they spell Ronald Jones and Ronald Jones vultures a touchdown that it doesn't come through. But, I mean, even in a game when, when Jones vultured a touchdown, Fournette still scored four. Um, but how about this on Gronk? In his five full games this season, he's averaging 18.2 fantasy points per game. That would make him easily the tight end one. Travis Kelsey's averaging 16.9. Tom Brady loves throwing the ball to Rob Gronkowski, man. And and, uh, and I'm not sure that's going to change. Uh, the one thing that could change, though, is the Bucks could get Antonio Brown back this week. Now, over the first five weeks of the season... The three wide receivers for the Buccaneers were all productive. Evans was wide receiver 11. 
AB was wide receiver 13. Chris Godwin was wide receiver 15. Uh, but Godwin is the guy who takes the biggest hit. Um, uh, who takes the biggest hit. Uh, because Godwin averages over the last two seasons 15.3 fantasy points per game when Antonio Brown plays versus 18.4 fantasy points per game when Antonio Brown doesn't play. So just to, just to visualize that, um, not that you're benching Godwin, but that's the difference between Terry McLaurin and Justin Jefferson this year. So that's a pretty significant drop-off for, for Chris Godwin. If Antonio Brown plays, Godwin's the guy who I think takes the biggest hit. Hmm. All right. What about... Uh, Atlanta on the other side. Uh, it's been slow for Kyle Pitts, but Cordero Patterson got back in the mix. Yeah, Cordero Patterson's their best player, and no offense to Cordero Patterson because what he has done is amazing. Um, the fact that he's their best player probably says a lot more about the Falcons than it does about anything else. Um, uh, it, it's unbelievable. By the way, he's finished as the running back 20 or better in eight straight of his healthy games. Um, he's he's an unbelievable player. Um, but here's the problem with Kyle Pitts. Outside of the two games um, against the Jets and the Dolphins, they were back-to-back games but not back-to-back weeks. Um, in weeks five and seven, he's averaging basically 7.5 fantasy points per game. Like, I don't know how you sit them because it's not like you have a better option. But I think teams know in the passing game you can key on Kyle Pitts. And if you take him away, you're going to you're gonna shut down their passing game. It's just so ugly for the Falcons right now. Um, and, you know, Russell Gage, he's a guy who can dr- go out there and drop six for 60 in a touchdown for you. Or literally a goose egg. He has two goose eggs over his last four games. So um, this is an offense that's really hard for me to talk about right now. That makes sense. You know what else makes sense? That we do two episodes. We do one with the Thursday night game and all the Sunday ones. Then we do all the Sunday late games, Sunday night, Monday night. It's episode two. It's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. And we will start episode two recording now. We'll have it in your podcast apps shortly after midnight. So you can listen on your way to work tomorrow. Other than that, I'm stuffed, but I have room for dessert. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.